I'm Steve Lascalzo, and this is The Way. Welcome to the May 2022 This is The Way podcast Star Wars news update. Obi-Wan Kenobi is less than two weeks away. Not this Friday, but next. We just had the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones, and the 45th anniversary of Star Wars is next week. May 25th, in fact, the anniversary of A New Hope. And Obi-Wan Kenobi debuts on Disney Plus on May 27th. Star Wars Celebration Weekend kicks off in Anaheim, California with a big panel on the 26th. And that will make real some of the rumors that have been rising behind the scenes. It'll show us the near future of Star Wars on the big and small screens. But waiting for Kenobi is becoming more and more difficult the closer we get. Hello there. Come here, my little friend. Don't be afraid. I don't know. I mean, everything I do, I just want to like, I want to tell people about Star Wars. I want to make Star Wars cookies. I want to make, I want to make speeches about Star Wars. I want to make ice cubes in the shape of Star Wars characters. Okay, so now it's time to update you on Star Wars news since the last news update podcast. Star Wars Celebration is next week. I won't be there, but someday I hope to go and meet some of the other fans and podcasters we've become acquainted with through the show. I'll tell you what. Our Twitter follower, at a rural farm boy, has certainly carried the banner for us since early in our podcasting days. It has been a little frustrating to see other newer podcasts grow their followings much faster. But I'm purposefully doing things a little bit differently. Things can take time to cultivate that way. The level of involvement needed to create regular podcasts was too much for some of my past co-hosts. At times, real life has gotten in the way for me as well. Week one of Obi-Wan is going to be probably the busiest yet. Two episodes dropping at the same time, which means double the work. There's the big panel on the 26th too, but the delay of OBK from the 25th means that that panel scheduled for the 26th won't have many big show surprises since... The debut is going to come the day after the panel. But as we get closer, e-zines and magazines and websites are all jockeying for exclusives. StarWarsNews.net broke a story in late April that made me take notice. It claims a new droid will appear in the show that was called the Obi-Wan Kenobi Show's Grogu. And that this droid will be owned by a child. Not just any child, and not Luke. But if you want to find out who, head over to the April 27th article to find out, because you might not want to be spoiled. Furthermore, their reporting might be wrong. I couldn't be sure that other sources I found weren't just working from that same article. The droid, however, I will describe for you, and you might have to Google it if you don't remember my reference, having watched or having seen the movie. Batteries not included? That movie had a profound impact on my young life, and if you haven't seen it, well, I urge you to find it. But the droid accompanying the child in Obi-Wan Kenobi is supposedly going to look similar, and I think from the trailer, it does sort of recall that droid or robot from the movie. SWNN says that will be the case, but 
you know, it's going to also have some additional antennae or something else like that. I, check the article out if you really want to read more. Okay, then. There's that secret character and the droid, and then there's news that a musician will appear on the show that has appeared in Back to the Future, and no... I'm not rehashing some news about Christopher Lloyd and revealing that he's a, a band member. It seems Deborah Chow directed a music video for the group Red Hot Chili Peppers. So Flea has scored himself a role in Obi-Wan and he'll be holding a new type of blaster. This may be one of the many cameos Rupert Friend spoke of and for me, it's not one that's upsetting. If you're not familiar with Flea, he's an extremely skilled bassist for the group. And I mean no disrespect to him at all to say he looks like he's from a galaxy far, far away. I won't speculate when and how he'll appear in the show. Speaking of music, the composer for the Marvel Studios Disney Plus show Loki seems to have scored the same role, get it, for Kenobi. Natalie Holt provided a haunting and memorable theme for that show, Loki. Well, at least according to me. I covered the show on This Is The Way Phase 4's podcast. I think John Williams is the one that worked on the main theme for Obi-Wan Kenobi, but Holt's work will fill up the episodes. I'm looking forward to finding out what she does with it. The Vanity Fair article mentions violins, hunting horns, Latin and Eastern influences, and her comments about her work on the show seem to indicate she holds Williams' themes to be the foundation that you have to build on. Well, now sometimes a score is good because it works for that one show and nothing else. And while I like to work on Loki, we're just going to have to wait to hear those first notes. The promotional tour for the show is in full swing. Bits and pieces here and there have made small news because there isn't anything galaxy-shattering that's being revealed. It's probably just because it's all being saved for the con. But what we are seeing is just how much Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen have come around since, well, it must have been a negative experience, or at least felt like that after the prequels. I'm going to go out on a very big limb here and say that's because the big schism right now isn't who likes or hates the prequels, but who likes or hates episodes 8 and 9. The tour has actually given me an answer for an unasked question of mine. I've been wondering, what is the advertised penultimate lightsaber duel between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan going to look like? You know, the last one is, of course, in A New Hope, but this is the penultimate one, right? Well, Christensen seems to have addressed this in an interview with Total Film Magazine. He says, The fighting style will more closely resemble the prequels rather than the originals. That means faster sword swinging as opposed to what we see in A New Hope, you know, this slow, determined style. I think the way he put it was, the characters weren't that old yet, and amen, brother. If you've kept an eye on social media, you might have seen the ability to unlock lightsabers. You just have to like a tweet on the Twitter platform, and then they start adding you with more lightsabers until all five have been revealed. Now, unlocking them isn't anything terribly permanent or special, but it's a thing, so I thought I'd mention it. And, of course, the new official trailer released on May the 4th. It had a few new images, but to me, the first of the two moments that stood out definitely has to be the line from Uncle Owen in response to Obi-Wan saying that he must be allowed to train the boy. When the time comes, he must be trained. 
Like you trained his father? Ouch. Gut punch. The second big moment to me is the unmistakable Vader breathing sound effect. It's one of those things that no matter how many times you've seen Star Wars, that sound still sends shivers down your spine. Last news update, we talked about the writers of the show, and while Deborah Chow is certainly the showrunner, the head writer job passed from Hossein Amini to Joby Harold early on in the development of the show, long before production began. Harold had a lot to say to Entertainment Weekly about the show's tone and the journey of Obi-Wan and Anakin. The show starts around 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, meaning Leia and Luke are both around that age. Remember, they were both born on Empire Day, the very first one, right? The Order 66 day. So they're both around 10 years old. The Inquisitors have been on the job hunting down and killing what remains of the Jedi Order. For reference sake, the events of the game Jedi Fallen Order have already happened. That means the second installment of the game could be set in between the first game's finish and this show, Kenobi. More on that game later. The tone of the show is going to be dark. The Empire is on the rise. With that rise comes all the horrors and evils that we imagined when we were watching A New Hope or seeing the beginnings of it in Revenge of the Sith. The Republic's vestiges are being swept away. And it's not until we see Leia and Obi-Wan trying to work together in Episode 4 that we find hopefulness in the struggle against that tyranny. So, Harold teases that transition for not just the galaxy, but for Obi-Wan, who is understandably a different man at the end of Revenge of the Sith, as portrayed by Ewan McGregor, and then as portrayed by Alec Guinness in A New Hope. Obi-Wan didn't just fail as a teacher, but also as a friend. Maybe you could consider him a brother to Anakin. And even if he rightfully places the blame on Palpatine and Anakin, dealing with that and the nasty intrusions of doubt and shame, that's something that's going to be interesting to see play out in Kenobi. McGregor isn't going to be the only one doing some incredible acting. I was able to inform my wife that Mr. Wickham would be in the show. She's a tremendous fan of all the incarnations of Pride and Prejudice, and also the 2005 version, which featured Colin Firth and Keira Knightley. Rupert Friend played the young George Wickham in one of his first roles, apparently, but he has kept himself busy. StarWarsNews.net collected the Star Wars-appropriate mentions in some mid-April articles by Francisco Ruiz and Miguel Fernandez. You should check them out. But I'd like to mention a couple of the parts that stood out. First, Rupert got extremely sweaty in his Ivy costuming and prosthetics. While some digital work may end up being done on his appearance when we see the show, it seems like there was a lot of effort to make him a practical Palin, but there was a little bit of backlash, so maybe they worked on it. I don't know. Of course, many people noted that the appearance of the aliens in Revenge of the Sith didn't seem to match up with either the one in Rebels or Friend's appearance in the Kenobi trailer. The Jedi Code is like an itch. He cannot help it. I think the performance will much more inform the character than the costuming. I see the Inquisitor as if we had a Force-sensitive Tarkin. I know that's not the case, but... You know, we know what happens to him thanks to Rebels. He would have made an imposing apprentice to Vader had he lived. The other mention from Friend standing out was 
a red carpet interview mention that there would be mystery cameos and Easter eggs galore. Whew, it's going to be fun. You can't win, Obi-Wan! I do have an additional note from SWNN about Obi-Wan Kenobi not being eligible for an Emmy Award this year, which, though I do cover the awards when one of the shows wins, those kinds of things don't bother me at all, because I'm watching the shows anyway. It apparently has to do with the show being completely available and in wide release by June 15th, but it's doubtful all six episodes will be available by then since, you know, the show debuts on May 27th with just two episodes. It's possible they show two every week, but I don't think they're concerned with awards as much as people might think. He's taking us to the quiet! And there's a fresh one if you mouth off again. We'll take them from here. Moving on now, the Andor series. Surely we'll hear something at Celebration. But it sounds like the excitement I had over a three-season promise is actually a scaling back of the original plans. The director of photography appeared to say as much on a Brazilian TV show. That's according to a Twitter account called Andor News. I do not speak Portuguese, so I admit... I'm relying on the translation. I don't speak Portuguese or Spanish or Japanese or any any of those languages. It would seem that originally it was going to be a five-season show, and then they cut it back to three. I haven't even seen one episode, and this disappoints me a little bit. What cheers me up a bit is the potential at seeing the Emperor in either Obi-Wan or Andor, because actor Ian McDermott teased as much in an appearance at the Imperial Commissary Collector's Convention. I think the way he put it was, we may not see his body, but we will feel his presence. That could mean a whole bunch of different things. It could mean just his presence as an imposing figure and we'll hear lots of mentions of him. He could be on a hologram. He could appear on screen. It could also just be a misdirect. I cannot train him. What? Why not? I've seen what such feelings can do to a fully trained Jedi Knight. To the best of us. I misspoke last month when I said Ahsoka is finally in production, but now it finally is in production. One casting note that at this point I think is still a rumor is the addition of Matthew Law. It's not a name I recognize immediately, but he certainly does qualify for a mention. Because if you listen to my podcast, you know I love to mention people who have played in the minor leagues getting called up to the show so to speak, Law played Agent Julian on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so that old show just keeps providing actors with an advantage for new roles. I will say that I made the mistake of reading reviews of The Oval. That's the show on which Law most recently had a recurring role, that as Kareem Richardson. Reviewers have not been kind to Tyler Perry's show. What's most concerning, though, is the comments are mostly about the awful acting. I truly hope this does not apply to Law, because the casting rumor for Ahsoka said he will have a big role in the show. I don't know. Why? (laughs) Classic. Star Wars video gamers have been buying up the Lego Skywalker Saga game, and it's become a big enough game to get the Random online tips and tricks treatment that's usually reserved for games like Fortnite and Call of Duty. You don't have to own the game to be seeing these articles pop up on social media, aggregator websites, you know, the ones that say, you know, how to complete this achievement or how to unlock this secret. They're just starting to appear more and more in news feeds. 
It's refreshing to see a family-friendly rated game like that do so well. I still don't own it, but I imagine I will someday. That is, if I ever install and play some of the other games I already do own, like Jedi Fallen Order. Now the sequel was rumored, then announced. And now another rumor is out, that being the title for the sequel to the hit game. Venture Beat reporter Jeff Grubb revealed the name during a May 12th Grub Snacks episode 46 Voncast or podcast, that at the 1 hour 17 minute mark. A viewer guessed the title after some hints had been hinted, and Jeff let it be known that the sequel will be called Star Wars Jedi Survivor. These action figures are not yet available, but this Star Wars Early Bird Certificate Package is in stores. Collectors, here's your spot of the show. May the 4th had a few reveals, but keep in mind these are going to appear next spring, 2023. These are just what they're developing and have prototypes for. In the Vintage 3 and 3 quarter inch section, Attack of the Clones Padawan Anakin with both hands still attached. I think there is an accessory inside the packaging for his robotic hand. Clone Wars 332nd Ahsoka Clone Trooper with removable Ahsoka paint-style themed helmet. A Clone Wars show-era Mandalorian Super Commando. Two video game figures. The first I'll mention is a Jedi Fallen Order Heavy Assault Stormtrooper with blast attachment. Also coming is a version of The Force Unleashed Stormtrooper Commando with blue and white paint scheme. And a Star Wars Phase 1 Clone Trooper 4-piece set. But folks, three of the characters are literally identical. They're clones after all, but one of them, only one, has painted armor signifying his rank of lieutenant. In the retro collection with Kenner Branding, the original versions of Luke, Leia, Han, Chewbacca, Darth Vader, and a Stormtrooper. All coming in one multi-pack, or you can buy them separately, I think. Which makes me a little sad. Not that they come separately. I just, I feel like it devalues my original collection. Now these copycats will be out there. Although, it would be nice to get some replacements for those lightsabers that you, you know, push through their hands. Moving on to Black Series, the six-inch figures. Ewok Village Leia. But she has a blaster and a spear. I mean, she didn't come with Wicket. I don't really remember her with a blaster and spear, but who knows. There are also New Hope versions of Figrin Dan and Nalan Chiel, both of the modal nodes. That's two Biths, please. The Mandalorian version New Republic security droid from Episode 6, The Prisoner. And that's not funny, it's just two Biths, please. And then there's a Clone War era 187th Battalion Clone Trooper. The big toy announcements, as far as I'm concerned, come in the form of a lightsaber and a helmet. First, a Black Series FX Elite version of Obi-Wan Kenobi's lightsaber. And why isn't it coming out now? Why is it coming out next year? It's got a metal hilt, buttons for sound effects, and it comes with the blade and display. It says... $278.99 retail. If I am spending that, well, then I hit the lottery. The more exciting and realistically purchasable product for me is the Darth Vader Black Series Premium Electronic Helmet, 
also coming next year. The coolest part to me, though, was the removable helmet, which reveals the mask just as it looks in Revenge of the Sith before it comes on. Yes, you can wear this thing. Yes, it comes with a stand. Yes, it makes the ventilation sounds. Yes, I want it. But it's going to be $130, and I don't think the economy is going to recover until after the next election, at least. Just one more thing. I need you to send us a ping. We've reached the Disney Parks section, and there are new and improved Disney Magic Bands coming. I have quite the color selection of the originals from all our resort stays. The 2.0 versions do not come with a resort stay. Disney stopped doing that. You know, along with a million other guest perk type things that they stopped doing under Bob Chapek. The Magic Band Plus, however, might, and I say might, come with an additional feature just for Disney Hollywood Studios Galaxy's Edge goers. They are working, they, the developers of the park, are working on a feature that works in tandem with the smartphone version of the Disney Play app. It allows you to play something called Batu Bounty Hunters. It's a hotter, colder type game where you're going to be able to use your Magic Band Plus to track down a bounty by looking at your Magic Band and then following it as it blinks and tracks your bounty as you get closer or farther away from your prize. Then you will tag that bounty hunter through doors using your phone like a thermal scanner. And then you're going to collect the credits by reporting in. I wish they would have figured out a way to do something with holograms like they did with the Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom card game. I collected those things. I still have them. This Batu Bounty Hunters game sounds cool. Rarely, though, have I seen these ideas expand past the initial offering. It's been a few years now since Galaxy's Edge came out, and they only added new quests when a ride like Rise of the Resistance or the Hotel of the Galactic Star Cruiser debuted. I've done every single quest there, except for the ones in the hotel, and those credits and how well you do on the games still don't mean anything meaningful. You would have to be paying extremely close attention to the role-playing all day long and also at the end of the day in Batu to see any difference. I have, in my opinion, the differences are lame. I know, making credits mean more creates an incentive for people to cheat that potentially ruins the experience for some people, but then don't have credits, maybe? So this news comes from VP of Creative and Interactive Experiences at Walt Disney Imagineering, Asa Kalama. It was on a video posted on the Laughing Place YouTube channel on May the 4th. He did not say when the game would be available, only soon. I think we can let him off with a warning this time. Time to sign off until next month. But if you think I've missed something, first check out my other monthly updates to make sure we haven't already mentioned it. But even if you don't do your due diligence, you can still send me a message. Email is thisisthewaypodcast at gmail.com. And now with Linktree, all our links can be found in one place. It's l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash thisisthewaypod. There you'll find our Twitter and Instagram links at thisisthewaypod, as well as links to our YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. 
You know, I also produce a Marvel podcast called This is the Way Phase 4, and coverage of Moon Knight's six-episode run just wrapped earlier this month. You can find links for that podcast at linktr.ee slash thewayphase4. Okay, look, I'm totally into Star Wars, right? Totally into Star Wars. Okay, and I'm not one of these freaks. I'm not one of these freaks. It's crazy. Okay, Wait. no, listen, no, listen to me. Ooh, okay. No, you listen to me. Okay. I'm totally into Star Wars, and I'm not into. The, I'm not one of these freaks. But I think it's the best thing. I think it's the best thing I've ever seen. What is this? I'm not one of these. What? What were you talking about? What's, this? About? What's, What's Star Wars? What? I do want to add before I go that I am aware of the Tuesday, May seventeenth, Vanity Fair article that has a lot of information on several of the shows that are coming out. You know, Obi Wan Kenobi, of course. Andor, but also The Mandalorian and Ahsoka. I am aware of the article. I had already recorded and edited most of my podcast, and I'm inserting this towards the end just so you don't think I'm an idiot for releasing the podcast, which will be on May 18th now, because I had already done all this work, and there's so many things going on in May. I've got two more episodes of Visions to put out. I've got an Obi-Wan Kenobi preview to do, two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi on the 27th, and there's stuff with my kids' school and our family life that it's just going to be a really busy month. So rather than scrap the whole episode and start from scratch, I just wanted to add this little part in here, hoping that you understand that, yes, this information is going to come out anyways in the coming days with Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim, but also... We've got other news updates to do. We can do one in June and update you. There, none of that information will be old by then. But I just wanted to tag that on before we left. Thank you so much for joining me for this May 2022 news update. Our next one in June will be after we've seen two-thirds of Obi-Wan Kenobi and after celebrations. I'm still not sure if I want to try putting together a podcast covering some of the convention, but I do have some ideas. I'm also still trying to finish up Visions discussions, you know, as I have the time to do them. I just have two left. I had planned to be done before the Book of Boba Fett began. Oh well. That's it for May. I'm your host, Steve Lascazzo, and this is the way. May the Force be with you. Always. Always.